The sun is out, blue skies, not a cloud in the sky, and the Lord is good. This is our first outdoor gathering, and so we have a live audience this morning here at 10 o'clock, and so we are excited to be outside today. Uh, this morning, I want to just make sure that each one of you are welcomed and know that you are loved. And if you have a prayer request or if you want to let us know about anything going on in your life that we can come alongside of, we want, you to, we want to know that information. And if you could connect with us through our social media channels or you can send us a direct message or an email off of our website or fill out that connection card on the front page of ResonateLife.org. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on in, in your life and we want you to know that we, that we care. Each week we have our community groups that meet during the week. And if you want to connect with one of our community groups, either they're meeting outside on this patio or they meet via Zoom. And each one of them has a different schedule for the summer and ramping up for the fall. And so if you want to connect to one of those community groups, go ahead and contact one of us through one of those means of the social media channel or, or send us an email. You can direct message Pastor Jake for one of those as well. If you want to connect at 915, uh, Bethany does a kids Zoom uh, program at 915 to 945. And if you want to connect in to our kids zone, your children do in a safe way, a secure Zoom chat, then go ahead and contact Bethany uh, for, that, for that time. Every week we do this 10 o'clock broadcast and whether you're able to just catch bits and pieces or sit down at 10 o'clock, we just are so excited and thankful that we're able to do this form of church. And so we're going to continue to do this form of church um, until otherwise uh, notified. This is the way that we have to do it. And so for the rest of the summer, we're going to be meeting outside live at 10 o'clock as well. And so if you want to attend one of our live uh, gatherings, we, we want you to be here. And so go ahead and contact Pastor Becky if you desire to, to connect in and register your attendance here for our 10 o'clock live outdoor, outdoor services. Each week, we light this candle. This is our Christ candle. And this signifies the light of Christ that is with us, in us, and working through us. And even though we might feel like we are in dark places, the light of Christ shines brightly. And for that, we are thankful that Jesus is alive in us and for us, working on behalf of us, sometimes um, in ways that we do not and will never know directly. And so we might feel or not feel and we might not experience Jesus in a tangible way sometimes. And this is just a reminder for us that during this time, during a pandemic season and a nation in unrest, we, uh, we have the light of Christ. And this is our reminder that Jesus is light in the darkness. I have a small introduction and we're going to do communion at the end of my teaching time. And so if you want to go to your kitchen or wherever you have your bread and your juice or wine, we want you to prepare communion elements now and gather those up because we're going to take communion as a family together at the end of this time. 
So while you do that, I want to just make sure that we know our mission statement as a church is that we are a community, community that loves like Jesus. And we know that loving like Jesus can be strengthened and bolstered and expressed more deeply if we are developing these core values as a community. Daily devotion, prayer, freedom from strongholds, serving the community, sacrificial generosity, sharing and knowing our stories, and celebration. And so if we would develop those core values in our life, we know that expressing the love of Christ is strengthened in our life, and we all want to be strengthened in the love of Christ. Today we are concluding our sermon series on the book of James, and it's been quite the book. I've learned quite a bit through this time, and we are ending on this important topic of prayer. James ends chapter 5, starting in verse 13, all the way to the end. He just talks about a prayerful life and the power of prayer. And it goes like this. In verse 13, if you have a Bible, we want you to open that Bible up to James chapter 5, verse 13. If any of you are suffering, they should pray. If any of you are happy, they should sing. If any of you are sick, they should call the elders of the church, and the elders should pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer that comes from faith will heal the sick, for the Lord will restore them to health. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. For this reason, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful in what it can achieve. Elijah was a person like, just like us. When he earnestly prayed that it wouldn't rain, no f rain fell for three and a half years. He prayed again, God sent rain, and the earth produced its fruit. My brothers and sisters, if any of you wander from the truth and someone turns back the wanderer, recognize that whoever brings a sinner back from the wrong path will save them from the death, from death and will bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And this is the word of the Lord. When we ask for things in prayer, like many of us have, Lord, help me, or Lord, give me, there's lots of things that we can ask for in, in prayer, physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs. Uh, this is called the supplicate prayer. The supplication of prayer is the asking for things. And there is nothing wrong with asking for things or pleading with God or requesting from God to take care of our needs. I see that, that in Scripture, God is not so concerned about us asking for things. He's really just concerned about what we are asking for. And if we're asking for the new Lamborghini or the, or the 14,000 square foot house and the billion dollars, I think, uh, I think we need to redirect our prayer, prayer life because we don't necessarily believe in the health and wealth uh, gospel, that if we do good, then we get more. That's not what, how God works. And so God wants you to live with enough. He doesn't want us to live in the feeling of, and the experience of scarcity. And we know that the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. And abundance is amazing. Like when we can live in abundance, that is when we become the, the, can become the most generous and the most giving in our life. Yet the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. The opposite of scarcity is enough. 
And sometimes we have to course correct and rethink our enough. What is enough for our lives? Some people raise that bar uh, pretty high. And I think that in our life, scaling to enough or scaling to, well, I don't want to say minimalist, but let's say minimalist for now, that we scare, we, we scale back to the, the minimum. What, what does it take to live a happy, fruitful, joyous, fruit of the Spirit, a life at peace and a life of love? So our spiritual life, the abundance of our spiritual life, the spiritual food is really what God wants us to have the ultimate abundance in, and the rest is enough. Our finances, the way that we uh, manage our life, our time, uh, what we are given, and the blessings in our life. These are the supplicate prayers that we can pray and that God will give us enough. So this comes with... uh, the idea that, that we get on our knees and actually act in prayer. And that takes time, that takes effort, that takes motivation. And so if you're not motivated to pray, if you're not motivated to take action in prayer, this, <clears throat> this, uh, this, uh, this message might be for, for you. I know it's for me. I believe fully that the health of our physical our emotional and our mental state is directly related to our spiritual mindfulness state and vice versa. Let me repeat that. I I know that our physical, emotional, and mental state is directly related to our spiritual mindfulness of prayer state and vice versa. So, I believe that spiritual mindfulness can change things in your life. When we are prayerfully mindful, uh, we, in a sense, heal our souls. We, in a sense, heal our, our minds. Now, we may have to live with all of our mental illnesses and physical illnesses and, and depressions and anxieties that we may have in our life. We may have to live with all of that, but yet being mindfully prayerful, I believe that we can navigate through these ailments much differently and more healthily in our our lives. I find that this next verse that I'm going to read in Ephesians is really important for the action of prayer. So I'm going to take James 5 and also Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14, and I'm going to put them together for this, for this sermon. This is why, I, and, and Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 is what I'm reading if you want to turn to that in your Bibles. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. So when Paul in his Ephesians verse is talking about our inner selves, uh, 
We know that Jesus needs to be the center of our emotions, our will, and our actions. And this is called, in tradition, this is called the heart that Jesus resides in. And these, these words set the tone of, of life in, in Ephesians, where the heart in Scripture is always referenced to the inner self or the center of the inner self, the center of our emotions, the center of our will, and the center of our action. So there's nothing wrong with saying that I accept Jesus in my, in my heart. What that means is that you're accepting Jesus to be the center of your mind, your emotions, your bodily actions, and your will. And so when Paul says, I am asking these things of the Lord, I kneel before the Father in prayer, I ask that he will strengthen you in your, in your heart from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. What Paul is saying there is that I pray that he will strengthen your mind, strengthen your emotions, strengthen your body, and strengthen your wills. So it gives us some answers in there about what prayer will actually do for us. It gives us some answers, answers of how prayer can strengthen us. And there's a word in the Greek here, uh, kratios, that actually means strength. He will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. That's what the NIV is translated as. So he will give you mighty inner strength. And so this is the opposite of the word discouraged. It actually means encouragement in your inner being, your will, your mind, your actions, your emotions. He will give you encouragement. God will give you encouragement in those areas of your life through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so in 2 Corinthians, in uh, chapter 4, verse 16, it says, that is why we never give up. That is why we never give up prayer. That is why we never give up in life, because... God is continually, each and every day, strengthening us in our will, our minds, and our actions, and in our bodies to do powerful, powerful things. And in the, in the latter part of James, it says the prayer of this righteous person, the prayer of us, the prayer of his people, says is powerful in what it can achieve. So this is what I know about prayer, is prayer can produce power not only in our inner selves, but our outer selves as well. Prayer can produce power in our lives. And I think about anybody that has overcome anything in their life. It usually is catalyzed by a couple of things. If you've overcome anything like an addiction or overcome an abusive situation or you've overcome just ailments, like, like some people I know have overcome some of their depression and anxiety and panic attack and things that they have suffered in their life from, they've, they've overcome. There's a couple of things that it's, it's catalyzed by. First is prayer. But yet, I know a lot of people who haven't overcome those things because of, and, and they have prayed. And so just because we pray doesn't mean that we're going to overcome the things in our life. But then also surrounding um, yourself by 
people and healthy situations and recovery and counseling and, and uh, psychological help. We know that those two things in our lives can help us to overcome or at least navigate through those uh, things in our life better. Um, a lot of times I think that, that Christianity, they connect dots incorrectly. Well, if I pray, I get. If I pray, I will be, you know, I'll just get over this. doesn't necessarily work that way. I also think that uh, Christians sometimes think Christianity is just connecting theological dots. So if I know certain things, I get certain things. Or if I have these pieces of truth, then I get certain things. Um, Christianity is not about connecting isms together. Christianity is not about attaining information. Christianity is about transformation. And if we truly believe Christianity is about transformation, sometimes that transformation happens over a lifetime. And so my prayer for all of us that suffer from different things in our life, and we've prayed our whole lives to overcome some of the the things that weigh us down and burden our hearts and darken our literally our souls the most in our life. My prayer is that you would not give up, as 2 Corinthians says, that we wouldn't give up because through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through a plurality of people around you, you can be strengthened in your inner self day by day and be transformed as the Bible teaches us, be transformed by a renewal, be transformed by life inside of us. And, and, and many times, and yes, that all the time actually happens throughout our life that we are being transformed. So let's talk about meditation for a bit. You've heard this idea maybe of meditation, that, that maybe you've tried it, maybe in your yoga class you've done a little meditation. You've turned on your mindfulness app and you've done a little meditation. Uh, I think that the revelation of God sticks inside of us. It sticks in our souls with the idea of contemplation. So when you steep on something, when you spend time with something, you know that something. Uh, when you spend more time with that something, you will know that something more. And so in... Back to the Ephesians verse in 18, may have strength, strength to comprehend with all, the, all the God's people what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth of God. That you would have the strength to comprehend. Well, this only happens, comprehending something only happens through contemplative life, through contemplative prayer. And when we spend time with God, we will know God more. And what threatens our contemplative life or our contemplative prayer life is really our busyness. <clears throat> our busyness, our anxiety over time, the fact that we feel scarce because we're, we're trying to do, 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 but we never have enough time or never have enough money or never have enough space to do what we need to do. So we're full of worry. We worry about a lot of things and we're not worried about spending time with God. So a lot of times we worry or busy ourselves all through the day, yet taking time, uh, taking that contemplative moment of prayer is not within our makeup of our day. Yet that is the very thing that God is telling us that we will be able to comprehend his ways and his will 
we will be able to comprehend God more, have more of an intimate relationship with God if we spend time in contemplative prayer. So when I think about my work, I think that there's more power in my work when I spend more time in prayer. I think that there's more wisdom in my work when I, and my decisions. Let's just take my decisions. Let's leave work out of it. When I, when I spend more time in prayer, I, I feel, think, perceive that I make wiser decisions. I slow down. I spend more time with God. I listen to his will. I, I read about what others have done with the same decisions, maybe, and I'm able to make a more uh, wise and more powerful decision uh, with, my, with my life. So there's no power sometimes in our work and our decision-making, no wisdom in our work and decision-making because we are so busy, we're such busy, busy people. So to have a prayer time, there's nothing wrong with having a prayer time scheduled in your day. And I want to encourage you to do that because Luke actually tells us that Jesus took time out of the day. It was like he wrote it in his, in his iCal. And he, he took time and he drew, withdrew himself to lonely places to pray. And that idea of lonely places means alone places. So he took himself away from others and he was able to contemplate and think through and, okay, how can I do this differently? How can I communicate this and navigate this situation here coming in the future and, and such? So, so he pulled himself away, not in this huge task, just pulled himself away, scheduled in his day for contemplative prayer. When I used to mountaineer, climb mountains, uh, I would sit on top of the mountain after I was done, and I would contemplate the journey. I would contemplate how that went, how I could do that better, um, what would I change, what would I have brought with me, um, celebrate a little at the top with the brass, uh, with the brass geodial at the top, you know, where you're sitting there taking that picture at the top and, and you got the brass, uh, you got the brass marker at the top, so you're, you know, celebratory a little bit at the top. And, and, you, and, you, and I would contemplate the, the journey. But I still had half the trip to accomplish. I had climbed up, and I, and I needed to climb down. And when you're tired, and you're in the middle of the journey, and you're, you're basically maybe low on food, water, and sustenance, and you have half the journey left, the chance of injury, making mistakes, and really hurting yourself, especially in mountaineering, is great. And so coming down sometimes is more dangerous than, than going up, climbing up. And so to take a moment in the middle of the journey to contemplate what you would do differently and how you're going to accomplish the rest, I think is kind of important. The Bible says that it is important. How can I be more effective? Where do I need to reserve and become more efficient in my time and energy and maybe just in my resources, my money, my, my mind? Where do I need to become more, more efficient? So when was the last time in your life that you sat on the mountain after this big climb or you just spent the noontime day in the middle of your day 
that you just spent a little bit of time in contemplative prayer. I'm not saying an hour. I'm not saying two hours. I'm, I'm maybe saying five minutes. Maybe we need to put five minutes in our day and, and really carve out a moment of contemplative prayer. And, and what does that mean in meditation? When I think about meditating in our life, that means that you are silent enough to feel the beating of your heart and, and hear your breath. That is, the, that is the moment of disconnect, disconnecting from the busyness, disconnecting from the distractions, that you actually take the time and have the space to hear your breath and feel the beat of your heart in, in that moment. This might take some direct, deliberate creation of space in your life. You might have to lock the door of the bathroom. You might have to lock the door of your walk-in closet. You might have to drive to an empty parking lot, roll up the windows, and put earplugs in. I don't know what you have to do in your life because I know my life and I know how busy and distracted I can be all day, all day long. And so we need the space to do that. And that takes intentionality. We have to have these intentional spaces and time and schedule to put in our day to spend time with God in such a way. So what happens to coffee when it brews too long or sits in the pot in your house? It turns bitter and it doesn't taste good. And so this is an action plan for you to not just turn your life bitter and I want your life to, to feel and experience goodness in your life, and I think that you will, you will begin to experience joy, experience better uh, values, and and just a day, a better day, with scheduled, intentional, contemplative prayer. The Bible promises us that there is power in this to achieve much. And I believe that that achieve much is not just achieve more. It means to achieve greater. And you can achieve greater in your life with this form of intentionality. When John 15 says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But with God, connected closely to God, having a relationship with Jesus and Jesus being in my heart, in the middle inner self of my will, my emotions and my mind and my body, Jesus being in my heart, I'm not accomplishing nothing. I will be able to accomplish much. And so my prayer is that you will be able to do that and, and be the desires of your heart. And this is accomplished through contemplative prayer. Let's take communion today. This represents Jesus' body, and the juice represents Jesus' blood. And when he sat around the table, he said, every time you meet, gather together, worship the Lord, sing songs, 
dedicate yourself to the apostles' teaching and break this bread. And when we break this bread and we do this communion, he says, do this in remembrance of me. I died for you. I gave my life for you so that you can live forgiven. And so maybe this is a time of contemplative prayer that you spend all week busy. And in this moment of broadcast, you're listening to me now, wherever you're at in your life, this might be a moment for your life to just slow down for this second and say, Jesus, I know you love me and I love you too. So do this in remembrance of Jesus. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this scripture that we can take moments of our day. Encourage us in this, Lord. Remind us of this throughout our day. Help us to put reminders in our life, Lord, that we would spend time in prayer, that we would spend time connecting ourselves to you. Spend time in your word reading prayer, reciting prayer. Lord, help us to take these contemplative moments. Lord, we know that there's power in this, in your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So Lord, help us to make this a priority in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, Resonate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're so excited to have these, again, at these outdoor gatherings. And so if you want to be a part of our live service, our gathering at 10 o'clock, we want you again, just a reminder to contact Pastor Becky and she can get you on the list to attend on a Sunday morning. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.